All right. You can have a seat. You, you guys are awesome. You already did it. You guys are great. Hey, I'm so excited. Uh, I'm about to break out the thriller. To, I'm just kidding. Y'all would have shut down. High five two people. Let them know you're happy we're here. Okay, I don't hear hands. There we go. Yes. It's a great day to be in the house. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to challenge this side of the room. Go over here real quick because we're a little outnumbered and go give somebody a high five. Come on, we can do it. Yes. There it is. Man, it is a great day to be in the house of the Lord. I'm so excited uh, to be here today. And How about the vine worship? Wasn't that awesome, guys? Hey, man, we have some great... Uh, Earlier today, I was joking around and telling them I was going to sing, so they went ahead and said, we're not having church if that's happening. So I'm excited about that, because they did an awesome job. I'm so thankful for them. They're so talented, and uh, I'm so thankful that, that they're here uh, each and every week, because, man, they set the tone for worship. And, uh, you know, if you're not in the house, you're missing out. So I'm going to invite you. Come hang out with us if you're watching online or you're listening during the week. So throughout this series called When the Devil Knocks, we have been diving in, diving in, to these everyday battles that we have where we see that Satan has been attacking our mind with lies, how he comes after our soul with accusations. We talked about him being the accuser. And today, oh, today, we're going to talk about the destroyer. So, okay, just like that. Tough crowd. The destroyer. We're going to talk how Satan comes after us to try to destroy us. So we say this each and every week here at the Vine Church. Here's the thing. We would love for you to have a Bible. If you would like a Bible, we have them free for the asking. If you're watching online and you would like a Bible, shoot, we will mail you one. You just let us know. You comment below. We would love for you to have a personal Bible. But here at the Vine Church, we want to make it as easy as possible to hear what Jesus is saying to you. So to do that, each and every week, we use what's called the Bible app. So how many of you have the Bible app? Yes, I hear some excitement. So I hear some excitement in the room. Folks have the Bible app. So each and every week we get together, and if you have the Bible app, we're going to show you how you can open that on your phone and follow along with us because we want you to hear from Jesus, not worried about shuffling through the pages of your Bible trying to keep up. So if you've got your Bible app, what you want to do is you want to click on the Bible app, click on the More tab, and when you do that, you're going to go to Events. And when you click Events, make sure your location services is on, and you're going to see the Sunday worship experience for the Vine Church. In there, you have a couple of things. You're going to have how you can communicate with us if we need to pray for you or serve you in any way, but also you're going to find out how you can connect with us throughout the week and, more importantly, the scripture that we have today so you can take personal notes because it's not just about what you hear from God today. It's how you apply it throughout the week. So we want to be able to help you and serve you in that regard. And I know a lot of folks here get to hear it every week, but we know that this is someone's first time hearing that. So we're thankful if you're following along with us on the Bible app. Uh, you can get there. If you're following along with us in the house and you want to keep up in your Bible, we're going to camp out in Luke 15. Luke 15 today is where we're going to be. So if you want to get there, we're going to set it up in a second. But Luke 15 is where we're going to be today. And it's a great, man, it's one of my favorite chapters of Luke. Uh, and it talks about so many things in it. Uh, but we're going to be uh, starting in verse 11 today. And once you get there, I just want to set this up. We're going to be somewhere else before that. Uh, but you hang out there. The place we're going to be before that is going to be on the screen for you and also on the Bible app. Sorry, it's uh, allergy season, so i got to get a little something in there. Um, today we're talking about the destroyer with Satan. And so here's the thing. If Satan can't go after your identity with his accusations, if he can't change your mind with his lies, he's going to bring you down the path of destruction to where he can break you. Because he believes if he can get you to the point of brokenness, that you'll turn to him instead of turning to Christ. 
And so today we're going to see how the destroyer, when we're in our brokenness, he tries to break us all the way down and will try to destroy us. And how he goes after our destruction, because you might be surprised, the story we're looking at today, you might be surprised the twist and turn we take with it. But I believe it's going to be a blessing. So the scripture I wanted to tell you about as we talk about Satan the destroyer is actually going to be from Isaiah 14. And then we're going to go to Luke 15, okay? So I'm going to read this for you. And I want you to, this is, this is participation here. This isn't me standing up here giving you a lecture. This is crowd participation. So Isaiah 14, I want you to count how many times I will is in there with me, okay? I will. Remember this. You said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly, on the utmost heights of Mount Zephon. I will ascend to the tops of the clouds. I will make myself the most high. But here's what devil doesn't want you to know when he talks about the I will statements. But you are brought down to the realm of the dead, to the depths of the pit. How Satan comes after us with destruction to see it started in Isaiah 14. He started by saying what he will do. He tried to say that he wanted to be equal with God. He tried to say that I will do all these things. And we're going to see how he will make us in our mind and make us in our soul and make us be attacked with this thing called pride today where we will start talking about what we will do instead of what God has willed us to do. Because when we start stepping into the I will, there's only one path and it's death. When it's all about us, it's going to be death. It leads straight to the path of destruction. And we can see how it starts in Isaiah 14 here, where Satan started saying what he will do, and he directed his path. So today, I want you to know your response to when Satan tries to destroy you will determine your destination eternally. So the question is, what do we do with that? So back to Luke 15 where we're going to hang out, and we're going to talk about what the destroyer does. I'm hoping you're going to see in a new way this story. Verse 11, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me. If you're taking notes, it's okay. You can take notes. You write in your Bible. You do your thing. It's okay in this house. I promise you there's not going to be lightning come down or anything for that. Uh, you have the freedom to do that. What always strikes me is that right there. The younger son says, give me. Give me. How many of us have teenagers or have been teenagers? I'm sure a lot of us have been teenagers or have, have siblings who are that. How many of us had them, like maybe at a two-year-old, what is it most of the time they say? Mine, give me. And then that continues again around the teenage years. You start saying, give me again. I wonder, I wonder where the prodigal son here is, is talking. Is he talking about his father's will or his will? Pretty sure he's talking about his, right? He says, give me my share of the estate. And what I love about the father here is the father in his love didn't argue with him, didn't put him in time out. He didn't take things away. When the son came to him and said, give me what is mine, he divided the property between his two sons. So verse 11 and 12 said, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided the property between them. I want you to know the first thing that the destroyer does is he tricks. The destroyer 
tricks. Try to say that three times fast. The destroyer tricks. See, here's the thing. Would you say that the son is in a good relationship with the father or a close relationship? Not a good relationship, but a close relationship to the father. Is he in proximity of the father? Is he in proximity of the thing that blesses him? So if you were to go to church with this son, regardless of what he just said to the father, you would say he was a pretty good Christian, right? He knows the father. He's in proximity of the father. He's right there with the father. As a matter of fact, he can have a dialogue with the father. So he prays. He's right there with the Father. And you would think that if you're right there with the Father that the enemy couldn't attack, right? That would be the least time he would attack you because you're so close to the Father, nothing can break that bond. There's no way that he would come after you. There's nothing that could do to, to separate you from God, right? Like all of a sudden, you're with the Father, you're in a relationship with the Father, you live in his house, he's got many rooms, he promised you a house. So you're, you've taken this big step of obedience and all of a sudden, just like the prodigal son where we can get stuck and see where the destroyer comes into our life to trick us, as we start telling God, give me what's mine. Have anybody been there? Hey, maybe you're there right now and it's striking a chord. But I believe that when you're in there, remember those I will statements from Isaiah? You're telling God what you will do and hope he blesses it instead of saying thy will be done and knowing it'll be blessed. And all of a sudden in our lives, I wonder if we let the destroyer creep in when we're at the highest point. Maybe, let me put it to you this way. Maybe you're saying this, hey, I'm so holy, I would never do that. This is some famous last words, right? How many of us remember that one? Or, I'm so close to God right now, there's no way the enemy will come after me. Ooh. Or, hey, guess what? Guess what? I'm a self-made person. It's all about me. I'm going to do me, boo. Like, I'm going to do my thing. I've got it. I'm going to do me. I know what I'm doing. I've got this. God will bless it because I know what I'm doing. Maybe, maybe it's this. Hey, I know i got a problem, but if I tell them, they'll never talk to me again. So I got to keep putting on this, fa this mask, this costume, this Halloween costume, if you will. I got to keep putting on this mask. I've got to keep putting on this thing to make them think I've got it all together. Maybe, maybe you've said it this way. If you think you're close to God than you've ever been, and hey, we all have faults. I get stuck there too. Maybe you're saying right now, I'm not apologizing to that person because it's not my fault, it's theirs. You can be a Christian following Jesus every day, raise your hand and worship, pray to him, have a journal, read the Bible every day, and still be stuck in your pride because the destroyer has tricked you. And that's exactly where this prodigal son is. He's literally closer to the father he's ever been in his entire life, and he says, I'm going to get what's mine. I wonder how many of us pray those prayers. I can tell you I've prayed those prayers in my life. I can tell you story after story after, of pride in my life where I've told Jesus, if you'll just give me, then I will do does anybody else pray that sometimes? I know I get there. I can tell you in my life where I've had a Pharisee heart, I can tell you where I've, I've gone and said, God, if you'll just give me this, I'll give you all the glory, I promise. Like, I wonder if that's what this prodigal son was coming to the father saying, hey, if you'll just give me my share, I'll give you all the glory. But you see, we know what's about to happen, right? We've heard this story a lot in our time in church. Anytime we go to God like that and we say, you give me mine, it's not to give his name the most fame. It's not to give his name the most glory. What happens is the destroyer has tricked us into thinking we're doing what's best. And instead, we're settling. Instead, we're trying to get in our pride. Instead, we miss that our pride is, is literally in the way of what we're doing. One of the things I heard growing up uh, <laughs> in church, so I'm going to break it out to you today, so prepare your heart. 
but it's real. Pride is the gateway to the freeway of sin. Your pride is the gateway to the freeway of sin. And you may not think that. But remember how we started this story in this series two weeks ago when we talked about Adam and Eve in the garden? It said that every pleasing thing to the eye God gave Adam and Eve, but they just wanted the fruit of that one thing they couldn't have. So many times we have thought since that time that we can govern ourselves better than our creator, that we've let our pride creep in the way. And what we don't understand is when Jesus walked around saying that, hey, there is a narrow path to life and there is a wide open path to death and there is a free way to death. I promise you, if your pride is in the way, you're going to do something you never thought you'd do. You're going to say something you never thought you'd say. You're going to hurt people you swore you never would hurt. And you're going to find your place in a in a position like this prodigal son is about to be in. And so I wonder where you are in your life right now. Has the destroyer got a hold of you that way? There's a way out. We know there's a way out, and we're going to get there. But I just want to know, maybe right now as you look at yourself, are you telling God what you will do? Are you asking God the Father, what would he have you do? Because if you ask what would he have you do, that's why we're here today. That's why we're here today. That's why this church exists. That's why we're here today because I would have never in a million years told you this is where I would have been. My pride would have taken me somewhere else. I would have cashed in that lotto ticket like we were talking about earlier. I would have had that thing. I'd have been a self-made millionaire. I would have been fighting to be on the Forbes 100 list. Like I would have been successful because I didn't have an easy life and I would have told you I deserve it. But so many times in my life I went to God saying I deserve this and it always led to this freeway of destruction more than it ever led to the path of life. And so today, I wonder if that's the decision you're making. I wonder if you would see today that it's the destroyer trying to trick you. The destroyer trying to trick you. Maybe you're telling God you can provide better for yourself than he can. It's a tough one. Been there, done that. I promise you, it won't work. <laughs> Ain't no dollar amount in the bank. 2007, anybody remember that? 2008, everybody's retirement was safe. Hey, we're almost there again, aren't we? Stock market's safe, it's the best it's ever been. Guess what? Something that's gonna outlive the stock market is gonna be Jesus Christ. He's already come before it, he's gonna be here after it, and every one of us have a way to have life through him. Yet so many times, we want the, the big, wide-open freeway, because guess what? Everybody else is on it. It's a freeway, right? Aren't freeways fun? Have you ever driven on a freeway? Has anybody here ever driven on a freeway? Is it fun? It's an experience, right? It's, it's I-85 on steroids. If you live here, it seriously is. Five lanes of people going crazy and this crazy thing called an HOV lane that people put teddy bears in their passenger seats so they can be in, right? It's crazy. But that's the way and the path to sin is wide open that way. So, I wonder where we are in our pride today. Will we know that when the destroyer tricks us, will we check our heart and say, thy will, Lord, or I am? Lord? What are you saying? Are you saying your will or God's will? Because if we look to Jesus, remember what he said in the end? If this cup could pass before me, let it, but thy will be done. Question is, what are you praying today? When I told you I've had stories of my Pharisee heart and pride, I can tell you where that led me in my life. I've been as, as strong as I've ever been in my faith before, and I can tell you inside of those moments, I was depressed more than I had ever been in my life because I was living in isolation, trying to 
compartmentalize every part of my life just by going through the motions and making you think I had it all together than really saying, hey, I'm messed up. I don't have it all together. Hey, I'm hurting. Hey, I'm not where I need to be. Hey, I, 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 need, I need prayer. Hey, I need these things in my life. And maybe today that's where you are. And I want to tell you there is freedom and there's a way and you got community here that's going to help you walk through it. But I want you to question yourself and see where in the world you're asking God to move in your life. Are you asking him to move on your behalf or his? That's how the destroyer will trick you. Luke 15, verse 13 through 16 says it this way. Not long after that, the younger son, the younger son. See, I'm the baby of my family. I am the younger son, so I know how it feels being the younger son. You get picked on. You get the leftovers. Uh, There's some younger sons in the house. I know they are. You know how it is. Your expectations are a little different. You get to get babied a little bit more too, you know, those kind of things. So the younger son, this is who the prodigal son is. He's the younger son. He got together all he had and he set off for a distant country. So before we go on here, I'm not going to lie to you, this image that's in my mind, like how many of you remember wanting to run away when you were like five? Maybe that's just me. Maybe I got something wrong with me, but you ran away. Do you remember what you packed in your little suitcase or your book bag? For me, it was my blanket and my shoes, like my favorite shoes, and the slingshot my granddad gave me. That's all I needed. My Papa Joe made me, helped me make a slingshot out of an old tire, like an old tire on a bicycle. We took a flat tire on a bicycle and made a slingshot. I thought I was David. It didn't work out. Uh, but, uh, like, that's all you packed in your little bag to go off and run away, right? Like, you had no provision. You didn't think about anything else. Like, I just got to get away from here. I've got to run. I've got to go to a distant place. I'm running away. And most of the time, it was to Grandma and Papa's. It just was what it was. Like, that's who it was for me. But, like, you were running away, right? Like, you just needed enough to get there. And I think about this prodigal son, and that's exactly what he's doing. He's packing his little carry-on bag, but he's not preparing himself for where he's about to go. And when you operate in your will versus the will of God, you're cutting yourself off from the provision of the Father, and all you're doing is packing your little carry-on bag, and it's never going to sustain you. But how the destroyer we just talked about tricks you is he'll make you think that little carry-on bag is going to be just enough, and it's going to help you last the long haul, and it's going to provide for you the long haul. And so many times in our life, that's where we can get stuck is the destroyer has come after us, and we think, I just got to pack my little carry-on, and I got it. All my little valuable things, nice, neatly pressed together, and I'm going to carry it on, and I'm going to go on. A lot of times we do that in our walk with Christ, don't we? Hey, you know what? Fine. If you're not going to give me that relationship, I'm just going to take it. If you're not going to give me that job, I'm just going to take it. If you're not going to give me this, I'm just going to take it, right? And yet I think about that, and I wonder if that's where we are at times. Because, I, you know, if I continue on, before we continue on, I think about this. When I ask you if the son was in a great place with the father, did it say he stole the inheritance? Because I would be breaking the commandments, wouldn't it? See, he's at a great place with the father. No, no, no. He said, give it to me. And when he did, he packed his little carry-on. He goes to a distant country, and he makes billions. He's a success story. He's the one everybody learns from. He's got workshops everywhere, and he's got it all together, Right? No, no, see, in his pride, he squandered his wealth in wild living. After he spent everything, so his little carry-on was spent. For me, I don't know how long it would have taken for that. I probably wouldn't have made it down the road because my slingshot might have killed something, but I I don't know what it would have been, probably myself by accident because it probably had it pointed the wrong way, right? Like, he spent everything on wild living, and he had spent everything. There was a severe famine in the whole country. 
and he began to be in need. See, now was he in need in his father's house? Sounded like he had everything provided for him, right? Sounded like he was taken care of, right? Sounded like his identity he could find being in the presence of the father, but yet all he wanted to do was find his identity outside of the presence of the father, right? And he thought, if I could just have mine and do it my way, I'm going to make it. I'm going to be self-made. Don't have me on Oprah, right? Like, I'm going to be on all them things. That's how, that's how old I am. I don't even know what the talk shows are anymore. But uh, <laughs> go have me out there. I'm going to be on a Sunday night special talk show talking about how I made it. But he squandered it because the destroyer had tricked him. So he went and hired himself to a citizen of that country who sent him to his field to feed pigs. You know, I wonder, when he had career day in school, when that young son had career day, did he say he wanted to be in the field with pigs? Now, if you're a farmer, I love you. Thank you for what you do because we need you three times a day even though people don't realize how important you are to what we do each and every day. We need you. We rely on you. But I can tell you, I didn't have pig farming on my, on my, job, on my career day description. I didn't walk in there dressed as a pig farmer. Did anybody else? If you are, let's have some bacon later. Praise God and amen. But like, really, like, I don't think this young man thought, hey, I want to go do this when I get older. He probably said, man, I'll never be that bad off. To go be with the pigs, I'll never be that bad off. And yet the very thing he said he would never do is the place he finds himself right now. So when he goes to the fields to feed the pigs, if you're taking notes or you're highlighting in your Bible, he longed. You ever long for something? You ever just been in want? Have you ever just been there? I wonder if it's if you've ever been there, can you say it's because you led yourself down that path or because you sought God to be in that season? Because I can tell you, every time I sought my will, I always missed what I was longing for. And that's exactly where the prodigal son is. He's standing there feeding pigs, slop, and this ain't Charlotte's Web fun feeding pigs. Like, he is out there in the slop and in the trough, longing to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. Now, I know we like barbecues and hot dogs, but we don't ever think about what that pig eats. This thing is crazy. And here's the thing that blows me away. Remember I told you to highlight what the young man said. He told his father, give me. What's that last sentence say? With the pods the pigs were eating, but no one gave. No one gave him anything. Hmm. See, the second thing the destroyer will do. <laughs> Here's where the laugh comes, so hang in here with me. First off, the destroyer tricks. Then the destroyer treats. He does both. He'll treat your eyes for today. He'll make you think that it's going to last, and he's going to make you think that it's good enough, and he's going to make you think that it's great, but all of a sudden, it fades. It's kind of like going trick-or-treating on that Halloween night. All that candy comes. It fades real quick, right? That, that, that stomach ache that comes after it. Except Reese peanut butter cups, you know, they have the razors in those. You can give those to me as the pastor. I'll be glad to take those off your hands. That'll work out. Snickers are a second, second to none on that. However... Um, 
It makes you think about how the destroyer tricks and he treats. He made this young man, he tricked this young man into thinking if he just got his inheritance, that he could steward it well and that he could find his identity and who he was made to be. And so he followed it and he treated his eyes for just a minute. And the thing that he treated his eyes with is he put lipstick on a pig, literally. He put lipstick on a pig and made this young man think that his identity was found in the troughs with the pigs. And he forgot that he was made to be in the presence of the Father. And he forgot that every Everything that he was made to do, he could only find inside the presence of the Father. But the destroyer came in with his pride and tricked him and made him be treated with his eyes. So much so that he goes into a distant country. So much so he tried to get as far away from the Father as he could because he thought, if I can get away from the Father, they don't know who my daddy is. I can be who I was made to be. Does that sound familiar to anybody? I can tell you my story with that. It's crazy. We'll get there. So I wonder if that's kind of where we can be with a destroyer you see my story with that is you know I grew up I knew I was called to be in ministry I was a teenager I was that kid I know I was that kid believe it or not at career day I dressed up like a pastor go figure it's crazy I had my little suit you see I'm wearing a suit right now like I had my little suit I was ready to go uh you know I was I was dressed to the nines I was ready to go and all of a sudden uh had a crazy church experience as church experiences go, because it's imperfect people, and just like we're here, we don't have it all together, but no one wanted to admit they didn't have it all together, so the church fought, and I said, God, if that's what ministry is, if you're calling me to it, it ain't good enough. I ain't going to do it. So much so, I went about as far away as you could go in the lower 48 to get away from it. (laughs) I got to spend time with my brother just south of Seattle, in Lacey, Washington, if you ever want to look that up, that's where I lived. I got to hang out with my brother. I got to have some relationship with him. But part of that was me trying to go to a distant country away from what God had made me to do to reach this city to where I am right now. God has a sense of humor. So I had went away, and my pride had told me if I just get away, I can go make a name for myself. And if I just get far enough away, they won't know who I am. And I can do it better. I can tell you I went to a different church every week. <laughs> For almost two years. I mean, it was crazy. It was crazy. I had no community, and I did exactly what this prodigal son did. And I got led back here. And you would think, finally, he came to Spartanburg. He's going he's gonna to figure it out. Oh, no, 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 no. I decided to live in Greenville because it's just close enough. Just close enough. I start building my career. I'm, I'm climbing the ladder. I'm building my career. I'm ready to go. Like, I'm going to be at the top, man. I'm climbing the corporate ladder. I'm going to get there. Like, it's going to be my name and shining lights, right? Like, no. Uh, it was going to be my name and shining lights. Like, it was going to be, this is what I fought to do. I'd had a hard life. I deserved it. I worked hard. I made good grades. This is where it was going to be. And I heard a church was launching a campus in town. I just broke down weeping. I knew I had to go. But I still was trying to get as far away from the Father as I could. So for the first year that this church had a campus in Spartanburg, I lived in Greenville. What sense does that make? I lived in Greenville. And then when I finally moved to Spartanburg, if you know my story, there's some hurt and pain involved, but it led me right here to where I am, doing what God called me to do. 
what he called me to do at 16. Here I am, 18 years later, getting to live it out. And I will tell you, if I had a choice, everybody says if I could go back, hey, I wouldn't change anything for the stories God has taught me, but I can see in my life where I let my pride creep in, just like where this prodigal son was, and said, God, if you'll just bless me financially, I will give, I will do this, I will do that. If you'll just bless me, but anything but that, anything but ministry, I got to see how hard it was. And because of that story of, of me being hurt and me getting to be right here, I got to learn it really wasn't as hard as I thought it was. My pride was just in the way. He could get me through that season. He made me to do this. And if he made me to do this, I might as well walk in it, even if it is hard, even if it is the narrow path, because the broad path that led to destruction left nothing but a wake of death. That's all it was. And so I wonder if that's where you are today. Maybe you're sitting here and you are exactly where this prodigal son is. You're sitting here at the pig troughs. Does that smell good? Sometimes you got to go through a lot of crap to get where God wants you to be. And you know what? That crap will make you grow. I promise you that. But I, I want to ask you, is that where you are? And I, I can look back at my prayers and I remember asking God, if you'll just give me this, I'll give you that. And where I get to stand today, he said, son, I've already given you everything you need. If you'll just trust me. And I wonder if we're buying into the destroyer today because of his little tricks and his little treats, thinking that what we have today will be good enough to last forever. Because the thing about the devil is that little bit you have, he'll take it away. The thing about Jesus is that little bit you have, he'll multiply. You won't find yourself in the pig troughs. You won't find yourself losing your identity, not being who you made you to be. And sometimes you will walk through seasons where God, just like the Father here with the Son, will allow you to walk through that path just so you can get to the pig trough. And so today there is hope if you're in the pig trough. There is hope. But I want to tell you the thing, the last thing about this that I was reminded of as I got ready for this, and I'm telling you this whole story. I remember growing up, my... my my Masio, who's not, not with us anymore, she always used to remind me so many times, and I got to see this again, and, and I got to thinking of her, and it cracked me up, but she always used to tell me, uh, <laughs> you can't defeat any demon you flirt with. That's nothing against relationships. Hang in there. I'm not saying about relationships, so hang in here with me. I thought that's what it was. I'm like, I'm in high school. She's trying to tell me I'm not supposed to date this person. That's wrong, Grandma. Like, that's wrong. No, 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 no. I wonder in your life if you're flirting with the demons in your life. Just to, just to get there, just to push the boundary because you think it's going to get you what you want. And I want to promise you, anytime you push the boundary like that, you're going straight to the pig trough. It's not going to lead you anywhere but destruction. It's not going to lead you anywhere near life. Anytime you flirt with that demon, so in other words, if you struggle with addiction, you flirt with that thing that you're addicted to, I promise you, you're going to fall every time. I promise you, you're going to fall. I promise you, if you struggle, if you struggle with pride and you set yourself up in prideful positions, you're gonna fall. If you struggle, if you struggle with, with cussing at people all the time, <laughs> don't put yourself in the situation to cuss at people all the time. If you put yourself in those situations, and I know that's hard because you're probably cussing me sometimes, it's okay. But I want you to know, like, maybe you're flirting with a demon of a relationship. Maybe you're flirting with a demon of finances, and you're about to fall prey to it. Because a destroyer makes you think if you've got a certain amount in the bank account, it's going to sustain you. I'm here to tell you, if God ain't called you to it, it ain't going to do nothing but waste away. He says, don't build up treasures on this earth where moth and rust destroy and the thief steals, but build up eternal treasures that will last. 
get to dive into that next week. But I wonder if you're in your pride thinking that your temporary treasure will bring eternal glory or not. Because if it's in your will, it'll die with you. Ain't no U-Haul in heaven. That's the other thing I used to always say, right? Ain't no U-Haul in heaven. Oh, I know. Ain't no U-Haul in heaven. But I tell you what you can carry to heaven, the relationships you build on this side of eternity by pointing them to Jesus. Because they're going to be with you eternally. So one thing you carry over. But if you're not fully who God made you to be, there's no way that you can live in that. You can't possibly share the love of Jesus if you don't have it to begin with. And if you're not in his presence, it's going to be really hard for people to see it in you. That's exactly where this young man is. He is in the presence of this guy, and he says, go clean the pigs. Like, you know, he's just got his, like, Farmer Brown's got everything ready to go, and this boy is in the pig, pig trough. Have you fallen to the destroyer? Because here's where I will tell you, here's where I will tell you, you have hope. Verse 17 says this, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. Now remember, he's in a famine. Now, that might have been a distant country, but we know how famines affect everywhere. Like, when we look in the Bible, don't famines affect everywhere? Like, we look at Joseph's story, like, the famine affected everyone. If he wasn't where he was supposed to be, everyone would have went hungry. So even in this moment, in this season of famine, his father has food left over to feed. Hmm. And he said, here I am starving to death. I will set out, go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father. See, in your pride, you're going to stay in that trough. Because I got nothing to apologize for. It's their fault. I ain't going back to that. That's them. It's on them. They shouldn't have given me all this money to blow. <laughs> yeah, okay, right? Like, they shouldn't have given me, they shouldn't have allowed me to win the lottery and blow 1.6 million, right? Like, they shouldn't have allowed me to do that. They shouldn't have gave me that. They shouldn't have treated me that way. Well, I, I wonder if in your pride you would see that there's a way. There's a way. Because if you go back to the Father, it says right here, why he was still a long way off. <laughs> you know, I'm thankful that why I was a long way off from Spartanburg. <laughs> My father was still waiting. Saying, son, you, you were made to do this. Whenever you get back there, you're going to live fully into what I've made you to do. But right now, you're a long way off. But then when he saw me, oh my goodness. His father saw him. He was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him, and he whipped him bitterly. No, no. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son, but the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his fingers and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast. What was it the young man longed for from the pigs? Something to eat. Yeah, the first thing his father does is gives him something to eat. Hmm. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. 
Here's what I want to tell you. The destroyer tricks and the destroyer treats, but the Father restores. The Father restores. Today, today we may be in this place where we're trying to figure out if the Father could really restore us to where we're supposed to be. I want to tell you, he did. As a matter of fact, he made a way. Remember, we have Jesus Christ here who's gone before us who made a way for us to have a relationship with the Father so that while we were in a faraway country, he's already clothed us in righteousness. He's already made us royalty by adopting us into the family, by making a place for us. But the thing about our pride is it will not allow us to be humble. It will not allow us to go to the Father. It will not allow us to go to the Father and say, I have sinned and I have messed up. And I want you to know today, there is hope. Because if you come to your senses, as some of us are, maybe maybe we've given our life to Christ. But there's something right now that the Holy Spirit is convicting us of, that we're coming to our senses on, that we're pridefully in ourselves because we're trusting the destroyer's tricks or treats. Today there is hope. You can lay it down at the Father. Watch him clothe you and put a ring on you. Some folks right now, maybe you don't know who Jesus is. You've questioned who he is. You've questioned your identity. You've been searching for this thing your whole life. And all of a sudden, you're in this place, and you're coming to your senses right now. And you're realizing that there's nothing in this world that could ever fill what the Father could fill. Because when the Son was longing for something to eat, the Father was the first thing that filled it. And I want you to know there's a hole inside of you that nothing in this world can fill. The destroyer will trick you. He will trick you you he will tell your pride you can make it you can fill it with anything you can you can eat it out you can you can do drugs you can you can have all the relationships all the money all the career all the popularity all the clothes all the cars all the houses everything if you just fill yourself with this in your life you will find your identity but I'm telling you right now it's a trick it's a trick but the father will restore the Father will bring you back to be who you made you made you to be, who he intended you to be. But the thing you've got to do is come to your senses. And so church, right now, the world is hurting and the world has an opportunity to come to its senses, but it starts with us coming to ours. And so my question is today, what are we pridefully struggling in? Because here's the thing. James 4.10 says it this way. <clears throat> Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. You see, if we choose humility, it's going to be a narrow path. It's going to be a hard path. But on that path, the Father's always waiting. Isn't that amazing? Yet, on that path to destruction that everybody's on, and our pride, and we continue to go deeper and deeper and deeper, we miss out on the opportunity to see who God made us to be and to live this life that he's made us to live. What always breaks my heart is so many of us miss out on the compassion of the Father because our pride won't allow us to admit that we're a sinner, to admit that we're broken, to admit that we're so great without God to admit the self-help section that grows in the bookstore all the time, wouldn't there just need to be one book for self-help? It's been written. It's been written. We get to live it, church. 
And so my question is, are we letting the destroyer trick us and treat us? Are we humbling ourselves before the Lord, watching him lift us up? Because when that happens, that is death to life. And so many of us right now in our pride are dead. We have a chance to have life. And many of us who have found that life in the Father have forgotten the thing that he's done for us. And that's something we can never forget. So today, that's all I want to ask you is where are you at? Are you operating in humility or operating in pride? Because here's the thing. Many of us will think, I messed up too much. You know, I'm here at the pods with the pigs. It's the best it's ever going to get. Anybody ever thought that? The relationships I have are ruined. They're not going to ever get any better. My best was in my past, and it's not ahead. And I want to tell you where the enemy will trick you and try to treat you is he will make you think that everything that is happening to you cannot be restored. And I want to promise you the Father can restore it. Those relationships that are broken in Christ Jesus can be restored. That addiction that you're struggling in Christ Jesus can be overcame. Those financial issues you have in Christ Jesus can be overcome. I'm not standing up here saying that if you give your life to Jesus, you're going to win the lottery tomorrow. But I'm going to tell you, you're going to have something that's more important than that lottery. And that's the peace that surpasses all understanding. And I promise you, if you'll seek God's will, he'll make a way for you to get out of it. But yes, so many of us are stuck, are stuck in the enemy, are stuck in the destroyer because we just won't humble ourselves. Lay it down. The Father's response is compassion. He's been pursuing us since the garden. And we've been spending our lives so much trying to sow fig leaves and hiding in our pride because we're afraid of our nakedness and God seeing us for fully who we are, that we won't humble ourselves. But why in the world would something that created us not want to see us be fully who he made us to be? But our pride won't let us do it. We care about our fig leaves. We care about how they look. We care about our little costumes and our little outfits and how cute they can be. I want to promise you, he made you to be something so much more greater than that thing that will fade away. He made you to be something that makes an eternal difference something that others can look to in times of trouble, something that others can look to in times of celebration, something that others can point to and say, I want what they've got. The thing that's longing in my heart, they seem to have. And we have the opportunity to say, yes, it's Jesus. Hey, it's Jesus. And I don't have Jesus because I've worked to earn it. I don't have Jesus because I've got it all together. I don't have Jesus because I've memorized all the verses. I know the law inside and out. I tie the tenth of my spices because I give so much. I don't have it because I serve at the soup kitchen. I don't have Jesus because I've done all the right things. I've checked all the right boxes. I actually have Jesus because I understood in my pride I could never earn it. There's nothing I could do. All that I could do is humble myself and say, Father, I have sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. And when I did that,
maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus and you're seeing these things of this world that you're filling yourself with all the all the Apple products aren't making a way all the Tesla products aren't making a way going green doesn't seem to work uh, having all the finances doesn't seem to work um, those seem to fade away having having all of these things serve you today don't seem to work but there's something that you're longing for and I want to tell you it's a relationship with the Father relationship with your creator and he loved you enough that he made a way you see all of us have the same thing in common we've all had that longing in our heart we've all had that longing in our life but some of us have humbled ourselves and come to the father and we can admit that we are all sinners deserving of death the father loved us enough that he sent his son he gave his son when we demanded he give something believe it or not he loved us enough to give it to make a way for each and every one of us to have life and have it to the full because see the wages of our sin is death but the gift of God above is eternal life so when we humbled ourselves and said father I know that I'm a sinner but I know that my wages of sin are death, but I know that you made a way through Christ Jesus because he came and lived the life I couldn't live by checking off all the boxes of the law. Died the death that I deserved on the cross because of my sin, but loved me enough. He didn't stay dead. He rose again on the third day so that I could experience life, experience peace, experience heaven on earth right now, no matter where I am. And maybe that's where you are. And you're coming to your senses. I want to tell you, we're about to say a prayer in a minute. It's not the words of this prayer. It's the faith that Jesus is who he says he is, that he is bringing us to the Father. And I'm going to ask you, will you humble yourself? Will you say, Jesus, I need you. I want you to be Lord of my life. Because the only way that you can experience the restoration of the Father is through Christ Jesus, being who he says he is. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to ask that we pray for the benefit of those who are coming to Jesus for the first time. You're going to hear us say this prayer, and I'm going to ask you to respond. Dear Jesus, I believe I'm a sinner, separated from you. I believe you died for my sins on the cross, but loved me enough not to stay dead, but rose again on the third day. You lived the perfect life I couldn't live. Come take over my life. Teach me to follow you step by step the rest of my life the best way I know how and I'm about to count to three and if you can say that you've come to your senses and Jesus is Lord of your life for the first time I'm going to ask you to respond if you're in online or if you're in this house one two three if that's you and you can say for the first time that you've come to your senses and you've responded and you have come to the Father for the restoration that only he can give. If you're watching online, I want you to know that we are celebrating this with you. There are people that want to pray with you. There are people that want to, to a, just walk with you step by step through this because this is why we do what we do is so that we can come to our senses because we know that once we came to our senses and we came to the Father, we were never left empty again. And so if that's you, will you respond? Will you comment? Will you reach out to us? Will you email us at prayer at thevine.tv? Uh, you can reach out to us at 864-580-6698. We have people who want to pray with you and celebrate with you. And for everyone else, as I pray and we go into this last song of worship, I'm going to go ahead and ask you to open up your eyes and lift up for a second, and then we're going to pray. You can go ahead and stand up. I ain't going to leave you sitting there.
Let's stand up and then I'm going to pray. And I'm just going to ask you in this last song, did the spirit move in your life some way? Did you see where the destroyer is trying to trick you with your pride? Where you think you can do it all? Where you think if you had what you needed, you could get it done as opposed to seeing that he's already given you everything you need. So as I pray, I'm just going to ask you, if you truly believe that he's given you everything that you need, let's worship. But if you need to talk to somebody, because you're having problems believing that, and you're struggling with that, I'm going to be hanging out in the back. We have people who want to pray with you. Don't let the day go by before you let this pride take over you, because it's going to lead to destruction. But God made you to have life. So with every head bowed, dear Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity once again to lift your name high. Thank you, Jesus, that even though the destroyer tricks and even though he treats, that you alone restore. Thank you for having compassion upon us. Thank you for allowing us to be in a relationship with you. Many times we think that when we're in a relationship with you is where we're the least vulnerable. Believe it or not, Jesus, we know that's when Satan comes at us the strongest. So I pray today that we wouldn't be stuck in our pride that we would humble ourselves, that we would remember our time of salvation, that we would remember that it's because of you that we have life. And today, if there's anything preventing us from life, if our pride is getting out of the way of being the fullest in our identity, being the fullest thing that you made us to be, that you created us to be, Jesus, I pray that we would lay it at your feet. I pray that we would remember that you restore. I pray that we would walk through this together in this season. I pray that we would lay it down today. Jesus, we love you. We don't deserve to get to do what we get to do, but because of you, you allow us to be a part of you moving and you restoring and you taking dead things and bringing them to life. Not because of some crazy TV show or some zombie movie, but you literally bring dead things to life. Thank you for allowing me to have life. We love you, Jesus. It's your name we pray. Amen. This is how I fight my battles 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 Like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. 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 This is how I i
battles in life and we try to fight them on our own but God we need you you are how, our, how we fight our battles this is how we fight our battles this is how we fight our battles this is how we fight our battles. 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 So today, as we talk about fighting our battles, we see that the father surrounded the son. You know, in the Jewish culture, his son deserved to be stoned. He actually was supposed to stone his son because he left him. But instead of stoning him, he wrapped his arms around him. And even though his son deserved death, he gave him the life to be who he was made to be. And so today, whatever battle you're fighting, whatever you're walking through, I just want you to feel the presence of the Father wrapping his arms around you, knowing that even though we deserve death, he's given us life. Even though we've done things in our life that we would say we could never come back from, he's put a ring on our finger. He's held a feast in our behalf because we were once dead, but now we are alive. We were once lost, but now we are found. And guys, when we get to celebrate the next steps that Jesus has us take, when folks cross from death to life, we celebrate. When folks take next steps of baptism, we celebrate. When folks take next steps of generosity, we celebrate. When folks take next step of reading their Bible, whatever battle they're going through that, we celebrate. Whenever they pray for the first time, we celebrate because the Father's arms are around us. So whatever you're walking through today, I pray that your pride will not realize that you are covered Whatever you're walking through, know you're not walking through it alone. And this narrow path that leads to life, 
can be full of mountains and it can be full of seasons of hard passes, but it will always lead you to the Father. So as we get ready for this, we do this each and every week. I'm going to ask you to lock it up, get that shoulder workout on, love on each other because we don't pray alone. I see folks crossing aisles. I love this. One of the favorite things I have for us. I want to pray for us today. Uh, we're going to have an awesome week, and we're going to talk about outlasting this life that we get to live on this earth next week. So, dear Jesus, once again, thank you for this time together. Thank you that you've already won the war, even though we walk through battles. You said on the cross, it is finished. And it's not in our pride that it was finished. It was in your work. So, Jesus, today, may our pride not take over us. May we humble ourselves. If we're struggling with anything, Jesus... You made us to be in community together. You made us to where we can be broken together. So I pray today as we, we go throughout, maybe we have a trusted friend, if we have a spouse in our life, Jesus, I pray whatever we're struggling with, that we would be open and not let our pride take over, but that we would be humble and talk to each other about it and pray with each other and walk through these seasons with each other through it. And today, Jesus, I pray that right now that we would see the tricks and treats of the destroyer. More importantly, that we would feel the restoration and the arms of the Father surrounding us. Jesus, I thank you again. We thank you that we get to be here. We thank you that we get to be a part of what you are doing here in Spartanburg. It's not anything we've done, Jesus, but it's because of you. So we thank you. We love you, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Come join us next week. If you're online, we've got a seat for you. We want to hang out with you, and we might even have breakfast for you at 930. I'm just saying, come hang out with us. Have an awesome week.